You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. Welcome to today's episode of Critical Mass Radio Show. I'm your host, Asia Celestino, filling in for the fantastic and irreplaceable Rick Franzi. This business talk show airs live on Tuesdays and Wednesdays at 4 p.m. and Thursdays at 3 p.m. Heard live exclusively on Orange County's only community radio station, octalkradio.net. If you are listening to this show as a podcast, we encourage you to listen live during our broadcast times. This show is brought to you by our sponsors, Brandman University, Commercial Bank of California, Decision Toolbox, Smart Business Magazine, Succession Strategies, and our newest sponsor, Center Club. The goal for this show is to help you, our listening audience of CEOs running middle market firms, to improve your decision-making skills. And now, I'm very excited to welcome our first guest, Dana Baroka of Lighthouse Consulting, to our show. Hi, Dana. Thanks for having us on. Thanks for coming into Appreciate the studio. That. So, tell us a little bit more about your path and how you got to Lighthouse Consulting. I've always had my own business since a kid. And when I was in doing my undergraduate work, I had this interesting idea of uh, starting a business consulting practice using the professors, using the computers back in those days, which were very expensive, and using student labor. So I went out, got some business, took the professors with me, because I didn't know what I was talking about. I was just a kid. And uh, we started closing activity. And I was doing very, very well uh, through college. It paid for all my schooling. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty amazing. It was a nice ride. So came out of school, actually, uh, with a pretty successful uh, consulting practice and built that. And got married and was working very, very hard. But I had a problem. I was getting very, very stressed out at the time. So I was breaking down physically, not feeling well all the time. So I told my wife, I said, you know, I think even though I'm a type AAA business person, I need to stop doing what I'm doing or I'm not going to be around very long. So with her permission, I uh, stopped working believe it or not, and uh, then went into psychotherapy a couple times a week and mountain hiking and journaling, all the things that people do more midlife. I did it early on, late 20s or so. And uh, my wife decided she was working at Loyola Marymount University in career placement. She wanted to go back and get a master's in psychology. So I thought, hey, this is kind of fun. So I was a year and a half into my thing. We had cut back our expenses, kind of eating beans in a sense. And uh, when she said she wanted to go back to school, I thought, okay, we'll cut back even more. But I liked what she was doing so much, I decided to go back and get a, a master's in clinical psychology. So we're both doing our thing. And uh, I was getting approached by clients all this time by, hey, we have projects, want you to do it. And I'm saying, no, 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 taking a little hiatus here. So when we ended uh, our master's program, it was during a recession of the early 80s or so. And uh, we were starting a counseling service. And uh, because counselors were headed south for the winter, I was kind of thinking, what a nice opportunity, because of my marketing and business background, to start a practice. So always take advantage of opportunities, right? So I got us a, a radio show on a very hip rock station at the time, and we had a listenership grew, and then all of a sudden got invited to Star, Star Radio, K-Rock, KLOSS. You name the stations, we were on it, and built a very successful practice really quickly. A uh, longtime client and friend said, 
hey, I want you to start doing uh, personality assessments uh, for candidates that are coming to my company. I said, no, no, no. I like doing one-to-one stuff. We're doing couple counseling. It's a lot of fun. I'm not doing business things anymore. But he said, you know, look, you have access to the best personality assessments in the entire world. Research and just start doing it, and I will pay you. Well, that was the beginning of Lighthouse Consulting Services. And uh, quickly it turned uh, into, uh, our practice turned into going from individual practice to working with companies. Today, we have hundreds of companies we work with, not only domestically, but globally. We have a nice sized staff. Uh, half of our business is focused on in-depth personality assessments for new hires coming into companies at all different levels. And uh, the rest of the, the other half is do, we have a full service consulting practice. So it was kind of interesting how I was able to take my business experience, psych training, combine it together, and take the passion of what I really love to do, which is really both, and express it in a business forum. It's really interesting that you were able to go from business, and then you felt this kind of breakdown, kind of take a hiatus, and then come back to business. Was there any sort of, um, I guess, resistance or hesitancy that you felt before going back to business? Yes. I didn't want to do it, because I didn't (laughs) want to repeat what I was doing, because I'm prone to being a workaholic. So mm-hmm. I, I talked to my wife quite a bit about this, and we worked it through. And I have to say, today, I have a pretty balanced life. It's, it, it's worked. And it's really a lot of fun, having more fun than ever, actually, and uh, have a very successful business, which is cool. What do you think is the thing that changed this time around that you were doing in a more healthy way? Uh, introspection of why I was doing what I was doing in the past, what caused it, trigger trigger points. So I'm cautious of those things today so I don't get caught up in it. But I think I'm much more much more centered. Uh, about a month or so ago, I went to the Milken Institute. They have wonderful programs, by the way, for anybody who wants to go in Southern California. No charge. They have them quarterly. And they had uh, about 150, 200 people in a room with the 14th Sharpa. Do you know what a Sharpa is? I didn't know either. Uh, it's one step away from the Dalai Lama. Okay. Now think of this. A, a room of business people listening to a gentleman that's one step away from the Dalai Lama. He's the 14th. So this is a this is a, a religion or organization, a Buddhist organization that's many years old. And it was fascinating in that he said if you learn to breathe, mm-hmm. you'll be you'll be centered, you'll be able to do business and think clearer on what you're doing, deal with your clients and uh, approach your market share in a much more focused way. So he said, you got to be like a horse, very consistent in your breathing and whatever you're like doing. Like a horse. I've never heard that one. That's a good one. <laughs> but he also made an interesting comment. He said, when you breathe in and you're centered, then you, when you exhale, you take your centeredness and you share it with others because you're sharing the, the love and the light that, that you filtered through. And what a nice idea. So I shared that with another number of business people because it's an unusual topic. Remember, think of a couple hundred people listening to a Buddhist speaker on the topic of breathing and centeredness. What a wonderful thing. Or is it just being all bottom line oriented? Well, I think it's a great topic, and it goes hand-in-hand with our show today. We have another guest who's talking about having a five-day weekend. So I think you know, business and leisure and being able to find moderation is definitely on the rise as far as discussions. But I kind of want to bring it back to the Lighthouse Consulting Group. So 
What sets your firm apart from other companies? Because it's such a competitive industry. We actually have a specific niche. Because of my business background, I wanted to focus in. I heard many years ago, I'm a member of a CEO roundtable group, and they have these great economists. And they said before the uh, last recession, you got to be niche-oriented or you're going to be competing with everybody. Mm-hmm. So you, you know, if, you, if, you, if kind of like a plumber or a uh, electrician, if you're niched in your neighborhood, you do a great job. So I decided we're going to niche ourselves and do Doing something that most companies aren't able to do. So on the in-depth personality assessments, we're not just processing data. We actually ask for the resume, for the job description, and we have a discussion with the hiring manager as to, assuming there's no red flags, it's more of a discussion of how do you best manage a person to onboard them. Well, that gets people to really think versus hire or not hire, which is much more appropriate because there's humans involved. And, and then it gets the manager to start to think, where are they coming from versus, oh, they should think like I do. Now it becomes a collaborative discussion. We have a, a price point that is very tough to compete with, and that differentiates ourselves from the insight, the experience, the depth of data that we're sharing, and taking the time to really have the discussion. Well, I guess that's where all the personality research and knowledge, all the testing for the things that are more abstract comes in, right, with the that's psychology right. master? Exactly, and the business background. What what do you think is the most surprising thing that business owners and these company leaders find out when you come into their company? It's having the discussion about how to work with people versus just uh, some autocratic dictatorship. But really, because tr- if, if someone is not asking questions of people that work for them, whether they're receptionists or warehouse workers or whatever it is, they're missing out on some amazing opportunities. Want a quick story about that? Yep. Uh, manufacturing <laughs> company uh, had had grown. They had a gentleman that had worked there for 30 years or so. He started off as a truck driver. Then he's in charge of the warehouse and distribution. Uh, over the years, they were hiring people with degrees. He's sitting at the table with degreed people, doesn't think he has anything to share because they're a degree. They're smarter than he is, right? So I was asked, can you start to work with him to get him to speak up a little bit? So I asked him, I said, so what do you see as a problem? What, do you, what are you identifying? Well, we're getting a lot of returns on certain things from damage uh, to, to corrugate. I said, okay, great. Why don't you start doing some research? And he goes, what do you mean? So I want to get the corrugated people to come in, ask them some questions, tell them the problem, and they'll, they'll come up with a solution. So he did this. Through his research and putting a beautiful PowerPoint together, the guy with no degree presents to all the people that have degrees an idea that ended up saving the company $250,000 annually. Now, if we take that over a 10-year period, he saved the company $2.5 million. Nobody in that room with a degree saved their company that kind of money. That is a lot of money. And on that note, we're going to take a really short break, and we'll continue talking about this right after these words from our sponsors. Commercial Bank of California, or CBC, is a well-funded, full-service bank located in the heart of Orange County. When it comes to safety and stability, CBC has one of the highest levels of capital of any commercial bank ranked in the top 6% in the nation. Commercial Bank of California was founded in 2003 by a group of Orange County's finest entrepreneurs. To this day, our bank is governed by our founders, including General William Lyon of William Lyon Homes, Alex Morello of the Morello Group, and Frank Willey of Fidelity National Financial, to name a few. In short, we're a bank founded, built, and run by entrepreneurs, for entrepreneurs. 
Not every business in Orange County should be our customer. However, if your business is looking for a bank that can assist in finance, production, analytics, and risk management, there's no better bank to choose. To understand the true power of how Commercial Bank of California can help you achieve your goals, give us a call at 714-431-7000 or visit us on the web at www.combancal.com. Member at the IC. Can we talk about your family business? You know, that thing you put your whole life's blood, sweat, and tears into? Well, what happens when you retire or try and pass that business on to your children? At Succession Strategies, we can help you find the answers. We'll guide you through the unsettling process of protecting your family legacy and successfully passing your business on to the next generation, safely and securely, ensuring that it'll both survive and thrive for generations to come. So ask yourself just one question. Can I really afford to wait? Take the first step. Take our complimentary self-assessment at SuccessionStrategies.com or call us at 714-560-9022 to set up a free consultation at your convenience. That's Succession-Strategies.com. Richard Franzi is a highly sought-after keynote speaker on topics of interest to CEOs of middle firms across North America. Richard's talks include Killing Cats Leads to Rats, a fascinating look at how unintended consequences of CEOs' decisions impact their firm's performance. Your Gray Matter Matters, which explores how a CEO's mindset can differentiate a middle market firm and define its culture. Richard delivers talks to a variety of audiences, ranging from executive team retreats to keynotes in front of hundreds of CEOs. To learn more about his talks, visit criticalmassforbusiness.com and select the contact page or call 949-887-4104. Welcome back to Critical Mass Radio Show. Our listeners downloaded over 136 shows since this month started in our podcast. And we here at Critical Mass Radio appreciate your continued and growing support. All shows can be heard live on octalkradio.net or rebroadcast anytime from iTunes, Stitcher.com, and other business-oriented podcasting services. So let's get back to Dana and our interview. You were just telling this fascinating story about an employee who had no degree, no formal education, but they were able to make this outstanding change within the company. I wanted to ask you... Um, Lighthouse Consulting recently published this article that went viral from Bloomberg, CBS, ABC, all these great publications, and it was about inboarding. Can you explain what that is for our audience? Yeah, a lot of companies are very familiar with onboarding. Inboarding is taking the talent that you have and paying attention to them and asking them questions. One of the biggest issues I've noticed is people organizations start to assume that everybody just does their job and they're satisfied. But the market is so hot right now that the A and B players are tough to come by, so people are poaching. 
at this point. So to keep your people engaged so they don't go running off, inboarding is asking questions, finding out where they want to go, uh, gaining ideas of where they want to grow, and then creating a path, a career path for them. So it makes it fun, and you learn things you'd never know about by asking questions. you got to ask the questions, regardless what level of the position is. Again, a receptionist or warehouse person or a senior person or mid-level Everybody has to be part of the inboarding process to continue uh, keep the train going, in a sense. Definitely. And are there any other trends as far as management perspective that you're seeing on the rise in the industry? I think that collaboration, even though it's an old topic, people forget about it. And they get focused in their world, and they forget to ask somebody a thought. They just assume, and assumption is a problem. So team meetings, whether they're remote or through Skype or phonies, there has to be regular meetings to ask questions as to, hey, what are your thoughts? What are you seeing? Customer feedback, internal feedback, how's process going, how it's not working? Because it's kind of like a website. If a website isn't constantly being updated and changed, the company's dead. And if we don't constantly refine our communication style with our customers, which inter- which includes internal people, we're, we're missing out on some wonderful opportunities. Uh, there was another client. They had about 200 people in their customer service area. And they put out a request for feedback, uh, anything we could improve. And very little feedback came back. But one person said, you know, we're holding. We're putting our customers on hold for ten seconds while we're refreshing our screen. Why can't we reduce that a period of time? So uh, they they got IT together. They got the supervisors, some other people. They started brainstorming. Now think of it: two hundred people keeping customers on hold for ten seconds. They were able to reduce that amount of time to three seconds. One thousand, two thousand. 3,000, all the way to tens, a long period of time. This is what they did for that person to show them a reward. They had a wonderful uh, lunch. They sent the person on a three-day cruise as a celebration and gave them a nice big check to say thank you. Because you multiply wow. out. Wow. What company is this? Yeah. <laughs> I need, a, I need a, uh, do some business with this company. <laughs> they, encur- they encourage <laughs> you, uh, the contribution of ideas. And that's what all companies need to do is to tap into the power of the talent they already have. And that's where most companies fall short. They're not listening. But I would argue that companies are also starting to realize that uh, both for customers and for their own employees, it's important that even though there's an exchange of money, it's still an experience, whether they're working for them or they're purchasing something or buying into a service. It still needs to be enjoyable all the way around. That's right. Everybody should have a good time on it. When you're talking to a customer service person somewhere, anywhere in the world, if they have a smile and they're talking to you that way versus just rote, what a difference. You want to, How can they help? How can they assist? And if they're going to transfer, say, hold the line, let me get so, so-and-so on the, on the phone. You, they debrief. And so when they come on, hey, thank you so much. I want to introduce you to Asia. Asia's going to help you and, and work this thing through all the, all the way. 
I, I've had it. Most people have a, have had a terrible experience with the uh, health care issue. And I have to say, I'm not going to mention the name, but a very large provider for all the years I was with them had a, a worse customer service on hold for around two hours plus. We switched mm-hmm. to a new carrier. They are absolutely incredible. Their whole time is two minutes, and it transfers two minutes and ten seconds. When they transfer, the customer service person is fully informed through their internal email system as to what the issue is and how to address the person. That's the difference. So I'm spreading the word of mouth, of course, and people are leaving the old carrier and going to the new one all over customer service. It's seamless. Customer service and experience. That's right. I wanted to ask, switching gears a little bit, something that we always want to hear from our guests is, what is your guiding principle at Lighthouse Consulting? It goes back to uh, constant insight and going from the heart and soul. Not rote. It has to come from what we truly see and believe, and we believe in empathy and sharing. And if it goes back to empathy, that's usually a win-win for everybody because you're seeing the other person's point of view, which goes back to listening and appreciation for everybody that touches anything that you're in contact with. And those are our guiding principles, to bring effective insight to organizations from your heart and your soul. We mentioned that the consulting industry is a competitive one. Do you think that's one of the things that kind of gives you an advantage and allows your company to grow? I actually don't believe in competition, believe it or not. I think everybody has their specific niche and talent, and everyone inherits or, or attracts what they need to. And that takes away the competitive edge of, oh, I've got to have this, I've got to have that, I'm hungry. Oh, they can't have that. If you get into that, then all of a sudden it's, it's more of a starvation mode and versus expectation of if you have a message to share, you'll be led to the right people to share it with, and it's, a very, it's very congruent at that point versus fear. Fear, to, fear is not a good thing. Fear is good so you don't cross the street uh, and, and get hit by a car. But when fear is a driving factor for survival, then all of a sudden there's a shift. And the, it, it takes away, I think it usurps one's talent and skill. So you're not focusing, you're not breathing. You're <laughs> versus that, versus being calm. And so one's driven by stress and one's driven by expression. Two different ways. One's artistic, one's fear-based or, or animal-based, let's say, or a- angry animal. Let's say animals are bad. I guess assume that a lot of your marketing and a lot of the income of your new clients comes from past clients and their experience because you take each case so personally. We've been told by our clients that when we're talking with them, they feel like they are our only client. We give a tremendous amount of focus and time and rapid turnaround time. We have uh, an unusual turnaround time. We, we guarantee our clients maximum four-hour turnaround time for either a phone call or email or some communication. We, we generally do that within an hour or less. And most of our clients say, how do you do that? And it's part of our commitment to our customers for high-level customer service for caring enough to be able to respond quickly to a specific need. 
And can you talk to our audience about any current opportunities or events that are unfolding for your company as far as growth and uh, moving forward? Oh, my gosh. Uh, we, we go by uh, what we feel and what we see. So this year we have revamped our entire website. We're doing our, redoing our entire workflow system. We've gone completely to the cloud. Uh, opportunities have opened with our new book called Cracking the Business Code, uh, which is expanding our full-service consulting practice and Cracking the, the Personality Code, our first book, is just thriving. And I'm sorry to cut you short. We have so much to talk about in such a short time, but how can people find out more about your company and get in touch with you? You can get to go to lighthouseconsulting.com uh, or give us a call at 310-453-6556, extension 403, which is my number. That's area code 310-453-6556, extension 403, or once again at lighthouseconsulting.com. We'll put it on the website if you missed it and you're listening and you're worrying that you're not going to get a hold of them. But, Dana, thank you again so much for joining us Thanks, and Asia becoming a friend me. of Critical Mass Radio. We have to take a really short commercial break. But stay tuned because we're talking to Andy LaPointe, author of The Five-Day Weekend on Critical Mass Radio. When it comes to pioneers in their respective industries, we all know the Apples, Starbucks, and Trader Joe's of the world. In the realm of recruiting, Decision Toolbox is the industry's best-kept secret. With 90% of their business from referrals and repeat customers, for over 20 years, Decision Toolbox's U.S.-based team of recruiters, sourcers, professional writers, quality personnel, and tech support has perfected a Six Sigma approach to talent management. No matter the size of the project, Decision Toolbox delivers incredible results, a cost per hire less than half of what contingency firms charge with the winning candidate presented in an average of 14 days, all with a 12-month candidate warranty. With results like that, Decision Toolbox won't be a secret for long. Visit us at www.dtoolbox.com for more information. If you are an Orange County CEO or a business owner, this message is for you. Do you ever feel isolated with no place to turn for advice or feedback? Who holds you accountable to your commitments in your company? Where do you find the right resources to help you and your company grow? If you have had these questions, then Critical Mass for Business might be the answer for you. Critical Mass for Business is committed to helping you make better decisions through the power of peer learning. These are groups of peers who are running businesses just like you. CEO Peer Groups provides a great sounding board to test fresh ideas and new concepts, review your strategic plans and tactical goals, and present issues and opportunities for a critical discussion. The result is improved strategy, accountability, and improved business results. If you are interested in learning more, go to www.criticalmassforbusiness.com and learn about our CEO Peer Groups. CEO Peer Groups is a registered trademark of Critical Mass for Business. Imagine what it would feel like to lose everything. Your job, your home, your family, your dignity. This has happened to thousands of the men, women, veterans, and young adults we serve at Working Wardrobes. What do we do to help? We provide career development services, life skills workshops, job skills training. We provide the perfect interview outfit, and we get clients placed in jobs. Call Working Wardrobes, 714-210-2460. Donate, volunteer, invest, hire. 
Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I'm your host, Asia Celestino, filling in for Rick Franzi. Our audience is made up of business owners and executives who listen to learn from our guests. If your company is interested in reaching these top decision makers, then advertising on our radio shows may be the answer. Each month, our sponsors gain great exposure through their support of the show. We deliver over 30,000 valuable sponsor impressions a month. To learn more, contact Rose Chamora at 951-515-4661. Again, that number is 951-515-4661. All of our shows can be found from our website, criticalmassforbusiness.com, criticalmassforbusiness.com. Back to business. Our next guest is calling into the show, Andy LaPointe, author of The Five-Day Weekend. And who doesn't like a five-day weekend? Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Asia, for having me on. (laughs) So, Andy, in order to tell our audience about how your book came about, can you give us a little bit of background about you and your career? Sure, sure. Actually, my um, my career uh, dates way back to when I was about twelve or thirteen years old with uh, with my grandmother, and she basically laid the foundation of uh, a lot of what I've learned um, and what I've appreciated throughout my entire life. And the current business that I am now, it is a food business uh, since I've left the corporate world. And the reason that I'm bringing that up is because I still remember on my grandmother's farm uh, picking apples and uh, tomatoes and kale and strawberries and such. And she was telling me about how apples help with asthma, how cherries help with joint pain, how kale's packed with iron. And again, this was, this was 30 years ago, and I'm, I'm just a little kid standing next to my grandmother in her, in her kitchen after we picked all this fresh uh, fruits and vegetables standing next to her as she was making you know, all this fresh produce um, into some great recipes. And the time that I spent with my grandmother helped me realize um, the importance of family, doing things together, as well as, um, you know, there's a bigger world out there when you really think about what's possible. So that's a, the foundation that I, that I started from. And uh, once I got a little bit older, in 1991, I graduated from uh, Eastern Michigan University with a degree in finance. And throughout, uh, throughout college, I sold residential real estate to help put myself through college. In addition to selling residential real estate, um, I also worked with my dad, who is a construction superintendent for a Detroit area commercial real estate developer. So, and then after college, I worked full-time leasing and selling commercial real estate in and around the Detroit area. And after a few years, my wife uh, Jennifer and I decided that we wanted to move from the Detroit area to northern Michigan, to Traverse City area, which is about four hours north of Detroit. And the reason we wanted to do that is we decided, number one, where in the world, basically took out a map of Michigan and the United States and said, you know, where exactly do we want to raise a family? Where do we want to uh, basically put down roots? And we decided it was northern Michigan, uh, just because it's a rural area, and that's one of the favorite vacation spots for a lot of the folks in and around the uh, Detroit area. And in uh, 2004, I switched careers from selling real estate to a Series 7 stockbroker. And I still remember the first day that I, that I joined my job. Uh, my manager came into the office, and he looked at me and the other, the other new hires and just looked at each of us in the eye and said, you know what, I believe you can do this. And that's all, that's all the motivation that I needed. So over the next, uh, so over the next few years, um, I really put my head down 
and I became the number one stockbroker for my office in opening retirement accounts for the small businesses in and around my area. Wow. And that is such a polarizing story to go from something pre-health craze, talking about all these fruit-based interests, and then becoming a Series 7 stockbroker and working in corporate America for 15 years. How do you get the courage to move from something like corporate America to creating your own business and being an entrepreneur? Yeah, and that's a, that's a great question. And truthfully, some of the things that happened to me in corporate America, that's what encouraged me to become the entrepreneur. Because in 2004, I became that stockbroker. And then in, um, uh, as I worked through, worked through, um, becoming that, uh, the number one uh, retirement account uh, broker in uh, in my office opened up SARCEPs and Simple Plans, which is way back in the, way back in the uh, uh, mid 1990s, which were the first retirement plans for small business. Um, but anyways, um, I became a registered investment advisor and then a mutual fund wholesaler. And the first job that I took as a mutual fund wholesaler in um, uh, 1999, I uh, the the company that I work for was based in Phoenix, Arizona. And as a mutual fund wholesaler, basically what that meant was is I worked with the top money managers in the entire U.S. So I worked directly with the money managers. I sold investment products to the stockbrokers so the stockbrokers can in turn sell it to their customers. So I worked for directly with the money managers. And what was interesting, the very first mutual fund company that I worked for um, was actually bought out nine months after I joined the company. But the nice thing about that particular position is, number one, I was able to still live in northern Michigan. Um, I traveled the, the four states that I was assigned to. So I was, I was traveling about 150 nights per year, flying about 75,000 airline miles per year. So I worked out of my home office, but that company that I worked for, within nine months, it was purchased. And basically, I still remember the, the call from the, the from the president of the company. He called me up and said, "Hey, Andy, this is you know this is the president of the company, and everyone knows that the company was just bought out. But I want to let you know you're my guy from Michigan, Indiana, Ohio, uh, and the states that I covered." Because I'm, I've only been there for nine months, and you know everyone's kind of worried. Okay, if, since the company was bought out, they have the new sales team in. Are they going to eliminate some of the you know some of the wholesalers because there's there's repetition in some of the territories they were covering? But the president of the old company called up all the wholesalers, including me, and said, you know, you're my guy. Um, don't worry about it. You're you have a you have a job with this company. However, within two weeks. The president took hit the old president took his buyout. Then, then two weeks after that, the new sales manager came in and called me up and said, "Andy, I'm the new sales manager. We no longer need your services, so I need you to re, um, I need your reservation uh, resignation by the end of the day." So mm-hmm. I went from uh, being brought into a uh, brand new career with a with a brand new company that I worked for. I worked there for about nine months. The president of the company calls me up personally, assures me that. I'm his guy, just like he did with a number of other uh, wholesalers on the job. Two weeks later, after he moved on, the new sales manager came in and basically eliminated you know, a lot of us. He taught me to take everything with a grain of salt moving forward. So that was one of the biggest lessons I've learned from the corporate world, but actually it was a blessing in disguise because over the next 
three months while I was looking for another job, I had an opportunity to move to different states. To Indianapolis, for example, I was offered a job in um, uh, Washington to be based out of Washington and cover that part of the U.S. with different companies. But my wife Jennifer and I, we decided that, number one, we were not going to move for any company because number because we went through that experience with the with the president but more importantly number two family came first and with a strong family you can do anything in this world that you want to so we made the decision to stay in northern michigan and seek out a position that allowed me to work out of my house in northern michigan and still uh being a wholesaler uh, which is which I absolutely loved. So I was fortunate enough to have a position with uh, Travelers Insurance, which was a subsidiary of Citigroup. And Citigroup, of course, was a Fortune 10 company. And the nice thing about working with uh, Travelers, since it was a subsidiary of Citigroup, at 31 years old, um, I earned the title as a regional vice president. And having the title of a regional vice president, I was able to enjoy you know, uh, all of the benefits of being a mid-level man, a mid-level executive with Citigroup. I was able to fly into corporate head, uh, helicopters as well as to travel to White Plains, which was a Citigroup uh, corporate retreat a number of times. So the nice thing about that opportunity is it was, number one, we didn't move. Family came first. We knew exactly what we wanted out of the job and the opportunity. However... Traveling 150 nights per year, flying 75,000 airline miles. As my son and daughter were born, the years started to go by. The first two and three and four years started to go by. And I still remember coming home from being away for five days and coming home and looking at my son and looking at my daughter, and I felt I did not know them at all. What I love about your story, though, even though you have these insecurities about not knowing your family, is that you know that family came first and that your job was to provide for your family and to support your family, and that's the reason why you were working, even though you enjoyed it. And we have to take a short break in just a few minutes. We're going to talk about the five-day weekend more, how to leverage your time and your income to achieve the ultimate lifestyle. Can't wait to talk about this. Uh, Andy, please stick around. Thank you. When it comes to pioneers in their respective industries, we all know the Apples, Starbucks, and Trader Joe's of the world. In the realm of recruiting, Decision Toolbox is the industry's best-kept secret. With 90% of their business from referrals and repeat customers, for over 20 years, Decision Toolbox's U.S.-based team of recruiters, sourcers, professional writers, quality personnel, and tech support has perfected a Six Sigma approach to talent management. No matter the size of the project, Decision Toolbox delivers incredible results. A cost per hire less than half of what contingency firms charge with the winning candidate presented in an average of 14 days, all with a 12-month candidate warranty. With results like that, Decision Toolbox won't be a secret for long. Visit us at www.dtoolbox.com for more information. If you are an Orange County CEO or a business owner, this message is for you. Do you ever feel isolated with no place to turn for advice or feedback? 
Who holds you accountable to your commitments in your company? Where do you find the right resources to help you and your company grow? If you have had these questions, then Critical Mass for Business might be the answer for you. Critical Mass for Business is committed to helping you make better decisions through the power of peer learning. These are groups of peers who are running businesses just like you. CEO Peer Groups provides a great sounding board to test fresh ideas and new concepts, review your strategic plans and tactical goals, and present issues and opportunities for a critical discussion. The result is improved strategy, accountability, and improved business results. If you are interested in learning more, go to www.criticalmassforbusiness.com and learn about our CEO peer groups. CEO peer groups is a registered trademark of Critical Mass for Business. Imagine what it would feel like to lose everything. Your job, your home, your family, your dignity. This has happened to thousands of the men, women, veterans, and young adults we serve at Working Wardrobes. What do we do to help? We provide career development services, life skills workshops, job skills training. We provide the perfect interview outfit, and we get clients placed in jobs. Call Working Wardrobes, 714-210-2460. Donate, volunteer, invest, hire. Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I'm your host, Asia Salasino, filling in for Rick Franzi. And we are talking to Andy LaPointe, the author of The Five-Day Weekend. I could talk about productivity and leisure and work and how it all fits together for days, but we only have ten minutes, unfortunately. So, Andy, what is The Five-Day Weekend about, and what is the concept that this book is really portraying? And that, that's a great question, Asia. Um, Basically, the five-day weekend implements the simple concept, which, is, uh, which was first discovered by Archimedes. And, of course, Archimedes was the great Greek inventor, astronomer, mathematician, and engineer. And to quote Archimedes, he said, Give me a lever long enough and a fulcrum on which to place it, and I shall move the world. So by implementing the concept of leverage, the five-day weekend system helps you to multiply your output. As your output increases, it gives you more flexibility in how you spend your time, and your income, of course, increases because you're increasing your output, you're increasing the value add to your organization as well as your, uh, your own business. And as you increase and add value to others, they, of course, in turn will compensate you for your time, talent, and ability. Uh, but the whole concept of the five-day weekend system is implementing the concept of leverage. Can you give an example of how a CEO or a middle market company might implement your concept in their business? Yeah, the um, uh, from the from the middle level company or the CEO um, to implement the concept to implement leverage. First and foremost, you need to know what you're leveraging first and what you want to leverage. And to do that is you need to create a system and a in and of itself, not only uh, increase productivity, it'll also reduce time on getting uh, activities completed. In addition, it also increases morale. And the reason that it does that is, for example, you need a system for customer follow-up. You need a system for your sales team and your sales department to be prospecting. You need a system for anything in your organization because with a system, if anybody has any questions, you have your system, step one, step two, step three, step four, step five. 
There's no misunderstandings. There's no misconceptions. And with the system in place, the nice thing about having that, once it's in place, everyone can refer to that, number one. And number two, during company and corporate meetings and when you do hire new individuals, the new employees to your organization knows exactly what they need to do they can get up to speed faster, and most importantly, they become part of the tribe of your organization because if everyone is talking the same steps, one, two, three, four for customer follow-up, the same steps, one, two, three, four for uh, implementation of a uh, sales presentation or prospecting, it allows the opportunity for higher levels of masterminding with your employees because, again, they're talking the same language, as well as once you have the system in place, it allows you to move forward as a whole organization based upon what was created. It does take time to create a system, and with a system in place, you have that capability for every single department in your organization. Systems and operations are closest to success. We've got it. So. You mentioned cash flow mindsets in your book. Can you explain what that is and how does one create a cash flow mindset? Yeah, uh, spending 15 years in the investment industry, a lot of individuals believe that net worth indicate, indicates wealth. But net worth does not indicate wealth. Cash flow indicates wealth. And a great example of uh, why net worth does not indicate wealth, nor is it a reflection of lifestyle, Look what happened with the stock market. I, I had a number of friends, including my own portfolio, and I know a lot of your listeners' portfolio. On one day, their portfolio may have been worth $4 million, as an example. In their mind, they're going, okay, my net worth is $4 million because my stock portfolio is, is worth X, my real estate portfolio is worth Y, as well as all the other assets that I have. That is net worth. However, a week later, three, four, five weeks later, that was cut in half by the decline in the uh, stock market. A year or so later, the real estate market bottom fell out. So that net worth of $4 million may have gone down to 900000 or even less for, uh, for some of your listeners, unfortunately. So number one, net worth does not determine lifestyle. Cash flow determines lifestyle. So rather than focusing on net worth, focus on creating the cash flow that you need to support your lifestyle. And the way to do that is determine what you want your lifestyle to be, no matter what that lifestyle is. It could be traveling the world. It could be whatever is appropriate for you and your personal situation. Create the lifestyle that you want, then create the cash flow that you need to support that lifestyle. That's where the assets come in to create the cash flow. The cash flow supports the lifestyle. Very good points, Andy. I've got to ask you, what is your guiding principle, if you had to choose one? My guiding principle, first and foremost, is as an individual, is to maximize, is to first explore the talents and skills that were blessed upon me, and just and everyone listening to this call is blessed with certain talents and skills. My guiding principle is to, number one, discover those talents and skills that have been blessed upon me, maximize those talents and skills that I have, and take my talents and skills to the world. Great. And everyone listening to this call, that, that that's basically my guiding principle. And the nice thing about it is everyone has unique talents and skills that they've been blessed with from, uh, from birth. 
It's just discovering those talents and skills because when you discover those talents and skills, it allows you to, number one, evolve into the lifestyle, which is based upon those talents and skills that you have naturally, which is most important to you as an individual. So that's my guiding principle, to develop my own talents and skills, what I can do, and take those talents and skills to the world. And Andy, before we go, how does someone get in touch with you or learn more about your book? Um, We do have a website, which if uh, you have a pencil and paper, you can write this down, which is 5dayweekendsystem.com, and 5 is F-I-F-F-I-V-E, and everything is spelled out, so 5daysystem.com. Andy, thank you so much for joining us. Again, that was Andy Lowpoint, author of The Five-Day Weekend. We are cursed with such short time, and I had so many questions for you, but thank you for joining us. Thank you, Asia. I really appreciate it. Have a good evening. You too. And Critical Mass Radio Show's mission is to help CEOs running middle market firms to improve their decision-making skills. This show has been brought to you by our advertisers, Brandman University, Commercial Bank, Decision Toolbox, Smart Business Magazine, Succession Strategies, and Center Club of Costa Mesa. Our engineer for today's show is Mr. Paul Roberts. The producer is Crystal Nunley. Guest coordinator, Kathleen Shepard. Our live events coordinator is Melissa Padani. VP of Sales, Rose Tremora, and I'm your host, Asia Salasino, filling in for the fantastic Rick Franzi. If you'd like to learn more about Critical Mass for Business, want to refer future guests, or advertise, please visit our website at criticalmassforbusiness.com. Until the next show, we hope all your decisions move your company in a positive direction. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show. Focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi.